listening to From the Friars Podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Jesus. Yesterday on Saturday, we had the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then today, with being Father's Day, I thought, let's make it a triple header the Heart of God the Father. And uh, it got me wondering if it's the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it's the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What is the type of heart for God the Father? What kind of Father is He? What the suggestions from the flock? Pretty good, the pretty good heart of God. <laughs> it's an interesting thought, right? It was my prayer this morning. And um, so, anyways, I think the readings today also could, you know, pulled together, could seem to point us to a theme of what kind of father is God the Father? What kind of father? Um, and uh, I'm taking my cue here from the Catechism, one of my favorite parts of the Catechism in the Catholic Church, starting in paragraph 302 and following, that that part of the Catechism addresses the question of God's providence, which is another way of saying how God fathers, you know, how, you know and uh, so you'll see some really beautiful things there, and um, you start to understand that the biblical worldview the idea that we have about God from what's been revealed, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, particularly coming to a head in, in Jesus, how Jesus lived, what Jesus taught, kind of reveals to us more and more and more uh, a clarity on what kind of a father God is. You know? And uh, his providence, his providence, the way that God kind of relates to the world, the way he governs the world, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, other worldviews that are contradictory to the biblical worldview. So some people don't believe God exists at all, and everything's science and chance. Other people might believe that God maybe does exist, but he's not too involved. Uh, other people had suggested the idea that, that God or gods exist, and they're duplicitous, and there's no rhyme or reason depends on their mood, you know, like, if they're happy, if they're sad, you know, they, they may be good to you and be benevolent, or they may smack you down, or, you know, like this kind of chaotic idea, and then um, there's another idea, and I think this, this is best articulated by Islam, that God is kind of above it all. It's, um, in philosophy, they call it nominalism, there really is no good or evil, it's just like whatever Allah wills. You know, if God wants something, you know, he does it. Or if he doesn't want something, he doesn't do it. It's kind of this, like, fundamentalist, extreme, kind of overly simple idea. And uh, you wouldn't necessarily attribute good or evil to God. It's just whatever he wants, you know. So but then you have the Judeo-Christian biblical worldview, which is actually incredibly beautiful and rich 
and, and both simple and complex, you know. So what has been revealed, what we believe, that God the Father is good. I love that song that you hear nowadays, you're a good, good father, that's who you are, that's who you are. So it's, for me, it's the good heart of God the Father. God is good, and God is loving, God is merciful, and um, He invites us to a relationship. It's, it's a relationship of awe, sometimes known as fear of the Lord, but awe. It's a relationship of trust. It's a relationship of confidence. And how many passages in the teachings of Jesus unfold this teaching? So think of that. So many moments where Jesus tells us what God the Father is like. And today's gospel confirms what we hear Jesus say in so many other places, that God sees everything, you know, and that we have great value. Today he'll tell us, you know, you're, you're more valuable than a sparrow, and every little bird in the sky, God sees, doesn't even fall unless God has knowledge of it. Even the hairs of your head are counted. Uh, somebody who knows how many hairs are on your head is somebody who knows you really well. You know, somebody who's pulled out the uh, magnifying glass. You know, like I go to the skin doctor for my checkup, he pulls out the magnifying glass, and you know, it's a, some, the Father knows us really, really well. That's what Jesus is saying here. And, and he loves us, and he's um, inviting us to a relationship. And really, that is the good news. That is the gospel. That is the truth that's been revealed by Jesus himself, that he's a good Father, that he provides, that he loves us, he invites us to a relationship, and that he's compassionate, he's patient, he's merciful, he's caring, he provides, give us this day our daily bread. You know, all, all those, there's a whole, you know, all those passages from the scriptures that you could pull together to say this is the image that, of God that's been revealed. It's the biblical worldview. And uh, all of that is like, okay, so, what do we do when the, well, let me put it this way. What do we do when reality comes crashing in and there's a difficulty, there's a struggle, there's an experience of evil? And then on the level of experience, we have a moment where we like, the message you're telling me doesn't seem to be true. You're telling me God is loving, God is merciful, God provides. Da, da, da. How do I reconcile that with my experience of suffering, my experience of evil? You know. So another way of, of wording this, and I know you've heard me say this before, like, it's not like bad things always happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. If, if that was reality, then you'd say, of course, you know. Uh, God punishes the evil and blesses the good. But the thing is, is that there are good and bad things that happen to bad people. <laughs> there are good and bad things that happen to good people. And then when I think about that, I'm like, well, maybe there's no actually good people or bad people. There's just people who are mixtures of both, right? And, and then you have the teaching of Jesus, let the weeds and the wheat grow together. Because only at the end of time, only at the harvest, God is the only one who's going to be able to like sort this whole thing out, you know. So there's only there's no good or evil people here in this life. There's just people 
who are created by God in his image and likeness and therefore on the level of being good, but then in the level of behavior and choices, we're, we're all just, we're mixed back. You know, we all have good days and bad days. We all have days when it's a blessing and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, even the greatest of saints had to go to confession sometimes, right? You know? So there's this mixture. And um, that also tells us something about what kind of a father God is, right? God the Father did not create a world where he, you know, forces everybody to be good. You know, you could imagine the puppet master, the marionettes with the strings, right, and be kind of controlled. Or the idea of the robot is programmed to do this. You know, there's no merit there, right? So that you can't leave out the mystery of love, right? This God who is good is a God who is also love. And uh, one of the key ingredients for the recipe of love is freedom. There's no freedom, there's no authentic love. You program a computer to say, I love you, <laughs> I love you, uh, doesn't really mean anything, you know, if you're programmed and you have no choice. So there's an invitation to a relationship of freedom and love. And then an unintended, the catechism says an unintended effect of that would be the ability, the same freedom that gives us the ability to love is the same freedom that could be misused to not love. And that, that's the ultimate explanation where sometimes evil enters into the world, you know, and that God allows that. That's the kind of father he is, God allows that. Now I know we all have friends or people we work with who have families. And one of the biggest struggles a parent has is like letting their children go to live their own lives, right? So when you're a loving parent, you have an intuition to protect and to shelter your children, right? Any, any parent, any father would want to, you know, protect their children from getting hurt, you know? But at, one, at some point when the children become adolescents and then become young adults, you need to like let them go. And that means letting them make their own choices. That means letting them fall on their face. That means letting them make their mistakes. All of that stuff, and it, it's a pain for parents to see that because of their love for their child, you know. But it, it's uh, a deeper love to allow that, you know, to allow people to struggle and, and to, and so this is the kind of father God is. He allows us to struggle. His grace doesn't take away our free will, you know. You go to Mass, you receive Jesus in communion, you say prayers, you receive absolution and sacraments, it, you, but you still struggle. Not one of us has been perfect, you know, until heaven, until heaven. <clears throat> so that's the peace that the Bible reveals, and it's the peace that's so important to keep in mind. That life in this world is a life in the state of journeying. It's life in the state of change and growth. And, uh, but it, that's going to be different from what waits for us on the other side. And the other side, the, the general judgment at the end of time, all is said and done, so to speak. And then in heaven, there will be this state of life that is perfect. There will be no evil. There will be no sickness. There will be no sorrow. There will be no tears. There will be no pain. There will be no suffering. There will be no sin. That's what awaits us, you know, in the kingdom of our Father. But at the moment, we're journeying towards that. This is a time of trial. This is a time of struggle. This is a time of falling and getting back up, you know, 
But if we realize who God is, that he's good, that he's loving, that he's patient, that he's merciful, that he's compassionate, that he gives us and then respects our freedom as a gift, that's how we kind of image him, you know, this gift that allows us to be loving, um, that gives us so much confidence. Huh? And it's that context where Jesus can tell us, don't be afraid. You know, if we could live life so differently from people who don't have faith, don't be afraid. You know, don't fear those who could hurt or kill the body. You know, because there's more to life than just the body. Right? Don't, earlier in Matthew, he'll say, don't be worried about what you're going to wear or eat or drink. Or, you know, all of, you know, because God is good. Because he's a loving, providential father, he, he will you know, lead us and guide us. He'll provide for what we need. And um, it's beautiful. Huh? What a beautiful worldview, what a beautiful image of God, this loving heart, good, loving heart of God the Father, you know, um, how beautiful we, we can trust him and that, you know, he is trustworthy, he is trustworthy, so on this Father's Day, we give thanks, uh, there is no feast of God the Father on the calendar, maybe today could kind of be that, you know, that, you know God is good and, he, and we can trust him, we love him, He's there to, to help encourage us as we grow, as we struggle, as we uh, make our journey towards the house of the Father. That's what this life is about. We're making our journey, this pilgrimage to the house of our true homeland, our true citizenship in that city above, the new Jerusalem, the house of the Father. And uh, as we make our way, let's bring everyone with us. Huh? Let's bring everyone with us. That's our goal. We give thanks this day. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, The Renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.